طيب بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome brothers and sisters to part two of today's uh, session I hope you um, had a good short break and pondered over uh, that which was shared prior May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, make us from the best. Uh, nothing said, brothers and sisters, is said uh, in a way to make us feel uh, dysfunctional, to make us feel, uh, you know, um, depressed or overly sad. Absolutely not. It's it's being said um, in the spirit of uh, being, um, you know, people of progress. Uh, that's really why um, I shared what I shared and I'm sharing uh, what I am sharing, and obviously, Alhamdulillah, this is a class, and um, it's the perfect platform uh, to discuss certain things. So, don't be sad about anything, rather uh, use it as um, a focal point, a, a point of taking heed and, and progressing. So, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the nations, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, made uh, the nation of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best of all nations. In fact, if we look in the sunnah, we see that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said uh, in, in, in uh, a hadith that is found in the sunan books of hadith, meaning uh, books, uh, the books of hadith uh, outside of the scope of uh, the, the hadith book compiled by Imam al-Bukhari rahmatullahi alayhi and uh, the hadith book compiled by Imam Muslim uh, rahmatullahi so uh, when a person says the Sunan books of Hadith, uh, then uh, in most cases they are referring to Sunan At-Tirmidhi, uh, Sunan uh, An-Nasai, uh, and Sunan uh, Ibn Majah. Right? Uh, so in most cases these are uh, the books that are being uh, referred to. Uh, so just in case I say the word Sunan, um, without explanation, you know what I'm referring to. And if I'm referring to um, a hadith that's found either in Sahih al-Bukhari or Sahih Muslim, then uh, uh, at times you'll hear me say Sahih. So if I say in a hadith mentioned in the Sahih, then this refers to a hadith that is found in Sahih al-Bukhari and uh, Sahih Muslim. But if I say uh, that this is a hadith found in the Sunan, then I'm referring to a hadith found in the Sunan books of hadith, uh, some of the books that I cited, um, books that are not Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. So I hope uh, we've taken note of that. So we find in the Sunan books of hadith and, and in Sunan al-Tirmidhi especially, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said, Ahlul Jannati ishruna wa mi'atu saf, thamanun minha min hadhi al-ummah, wa arba'un min sa'ir al-ummah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that the people of Jannah will be 120 rows. The people of Jannah will be 120 rows. 80 of these rows will be the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And 40 of these rows will be the other nations. Or will have people from the other nations. So one, uh, 80 of these rows will have people from the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once again, Jannah has 120 rows. 80 of these rows will have the people from the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The followers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And 40 rows will have the followers uh, of the other Anbiya alayhi wa salatu wa salam. So, 
this is another um, hadith which teaches us how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has really given a special rank to the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In another uh, narration, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, and, and, and this uh, narration is, a, is, is part of a longer narration found in Sahih Muslim. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ إِنِّي لَأَطْمَعُ أَن تَكُونُ شَطْرَ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ He says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that by the one uh, in whose hands my life is in, I have uh, a great wish and desire for you all to be shatra ahlil jannah half of the people of jannah half of the people of jannah now some people have discussed these two narrations and this is another foot, footnote for you all uh, given uh, the reality of this class and given that ibn al-qayyim rahmatullahi alayhi in 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 the uh, original version he did uh, speak about this uh, he spoke about some of the scholars um, and their opinions regarding these two hadith because one hadith says that we will be 80 lines and the other hadith says that i wish for you to be half of of jannah so is there a contradiction Addiction between the narrations, and uh, the answer to that question is absolutely not. There is no uh, contradiction. One hadith doesn't uh, oppose uh, the other. One hadith doesn't oppose the other. Rather, one hadith uh, is discussing the statement of the Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and discussing uh, his desire that we have or that we make up half of the people of Jannah. And the other hadith is teaching us that Allah informed him, informed his Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that uh, yes, you know, you desire half, but Allah will make. 80, Allahu Akbar, will make 80 rows for you, which uh, is definitely um, uh, more than that which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam desired. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen this ummah. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the different lands on earth. And whilst the makeup of the lands are the same, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave a special rank, a special honor, and a special precedence to some parts of the globe over other parts of the globe. Thus, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave uh, the, the sacred lands, the sacred lands, um, a special status over uh, the rest of uh, the lands. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave uh, Mecca um, a special precedence and a special rank over the rest of the lands. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose uh, the Haramain, the sacred lands, to be the place for his prophet, his best prophet, his most beloved prophet, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was born in Mecca and he passed away uh, in uh, Medina. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose Mecca to be the place for the pilgrimage, the fifth pillar of Islam. And he chose uh, Mecca to be the place that his Kaaba will be established in. Uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses and gives a special precedence and rank. And thus we see until the day of Qiyamah, uh, people are going and will be going, visiting Mecca, intending Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Intending Allah uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no other place on earth that you can go to intending Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way that you would travel intending Allah when you go to Mecca. So indeed Allah gave that land a special rank. And, and look at the, the nature of the land of Mecca in comparison to the streams and gardens and mountains of other parts of the world. Mecca was a valley, a barren valley, 
And note that I am saying valley, we're not talking about flat land, we're not talking about, you know, um, high land, we're talking about low land, in, in, in terms of its, its lying, it was a valley in the middle of nowhere, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses, this is a sign of the completeness of the Lordship of Allah, that subhanallah only Allah can choose, nobody had a say in it, if you and I were discussing you know, a place to choose, for us to establish something, would we say let's do it in the middle of the empty quarter? And even if I said that I would have opposition from someone, and I would have uh, opposition from another, and so on and so forth. Here Allah chose, and no one had a say in the matter. Not the angels, not Jibreel alayhi salam, the mighty angel. Not the angels looking over Jahannam, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cited as, as fierce angels. No one from the prophets of Allah, no one had a say in the matter. Allah decided to give a valley with nothing in it. Precedence and precedence was given. And look how we all flock to Mecca today and love to flock to Mecca today. And when we leave Mecca, we miss Mecca. Allahu Akbar. Indeed, Allah chooses and gives precedence and gives rank and gives status to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, chose Mecca to be a land that will be visited by people who will come from all parts of the globe. Whether they come riding, whether they come walking, whether they come on plane, whether they come by car, whether they have to come over mountains, whether they have to travel over the waters. Subhanallah, who travels from all over the globe to one place? This is another sign how Allah has chosen Makkah. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, indeed, uh, as we said, chose Makkah to be the place of the pilgrimage. And we find in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaching us, or, or a narration teaching us that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, uh, decreed that the Kaaba become complete, and Ibrahim fulfilled that which was upon him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala command him to announce the Hajj. To announce the Hajj. And Ibrahim said, but who will hear me, Ya Allah? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, You announce the Hajj, and we will convey the message. Allahu Akbar. You do the calling, we will convey the message. And by Allah, how many thousands of years after Ibrahim alayhi salam do you and I uh, exist on earth? And know of the calling of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has conveyed to us this message. By Allah, this should increase our iman. So, talking about, you know, Mecca and talking about Masjidul Haram and talking about the Haram and how this is, 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 is the chosen land, then we, we further understand that it is the chosen land because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that no one enters this land except in a humble form, except in a fearful form, except with humility, except in a form where their heads are uncovered, except in a form where they are free from sewn clothing. And this is the reality of a pilgrim who enters Mecca. We, a pilgrim enters Mecca with such humility, with such humbleness, irrespective of financial standing, irrespective of material well-being, irrespective of position on the globe. You can be uh, the most respected king on earth, but when you enter that land, by the command of the king of kings and the lord of the worlds, you enter with your hair uncovered, you enter in ihram, free from sewn clothes, simple cloths, 
two white cloths, an upper garment and a lower garment, and you enter Mecca for the purpose of Umrah. That's how you enter Mecca to Al-Mukarramah. This is another sign how Allah has chosen that valley which was barren once upon a time, without a Kaaba, without Zamzam, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, chose it, chose it. And, and then look at the mountains, how many mountains Allah has created. But Allah has given a special precedence to Safa and Marwa. Allahu Akbar, inna Safa wal Marwata min Allah. Allah has said that these two mountains are from the signs of Allah, the signs of Allah existing, the signs of Allah being one, the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the only one worthy of worship, the signs of Allah being one in His names and His attributes. Allah says that these two mountains are from the signs of Allah. By Allah, how many people run between these mountains? By Allah, how many people climb these mountains? And, you know, they talk about Everest, we talk about Safa, we talk about Marwa, it's in the Qur'an. Allah has chosen these mountains, Allah has given it a special rank, a special place, and Allah has chosen mountains that are inside the Haram, inside the Haram boundary, further teaching us how Allah has chosen the Haram to be a sacred land, to be a blessed land, and to have a rank far above the other uh, lands. Uh, the, the Haram is a place that hunting is not allowed in. And we know this, no one is allowed to, puck, uh, to pluck from its leaves and to cut its trees, and nobody is allowed to hunt in it. And nobody is even allowed to pick up lost property for the sake of taking ownership of that lost property. The only time you are allowed to pick up that lost property is if you are going to look for the person who lost it. Or if you are going to announce that there is lost property, can someone come claim it? But no one is allowed to pick up anything, no matter how small it is, and put it in their pocket and walk off with it for the sake of uh, acquisition and, 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 and the inte- or, 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 uh, with the intention of acquisition and taking ownership. This is not allowed. Allah has chosen this for the haram. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, has made the one who intends Mecca a person who will be forgiven. Allahu Akbar. Allah made Mecca a means for forgiveness for the person who intends it. Which other place on the globe uh, enjoys this particular uh, precedence and this particular rank and this particular honor, even with its streams and mountains and greenery and lakes and rivers that flow and, 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 and you know, it looks so beautiful. With all that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose the valley in Mecca. Indeed, Allah chooses to be the place that whoever intends it, then that place will be a means of their sins being removed. It was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who taught us by in the hadith narrated by Abu Hurairah, radiallahu an. And this hadith is in Sahih al-Bukhari and in Sahih Muslim. There are no doubts regarding its authenticity. Man ata hadha al-bayt falam yarfuth walam yafsuq raja'a that the one who intends this house, meaning the Kaaba, the one who intends it and visits it and this person is not vulgar or immoral, both in his speech and his action and ways, then he will return back home the same way he found himself the day his mother gave birth to him. Allahu Akbar. May Allah forgive our sins. Ameen. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu an, and this hadith is found in the Sunan uh, books of hadith, such as At-Tirmidhi, he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Tabi'u bayna al-hajji wal-umrah, fa'innahuma yanfiyan al-faqar wal-dhunub, kama yanfi al-kiru, khabath al-hadidi, wal-dhahab wal-fiddah, wa laysa lil-hajjati al-mabrurati thawabun dun al-jannah. 
Allahu Akbar. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that, um, uh, you know, uh, follow up between the hajjahs that you do and the umrahs that you do. For indeed the hajj and the umrah are a means of removing poverty from your life and a means of removing sins from your life. Just like the bellow that the, 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 the blacksmith uh, uses to remove the impurities, right? The impurities from steel and from gold and from silver. Al-kir refers to a bellow. And, and, and sometimes we have uh, uh, bellows in our homes, you know, the handmade bellows uh, that we, we squeeze and air pops out of it. And as air pops out of it, it blows the impurities uh, away. So Rasulullah wasallam says that just as uh, the impurities are blown away when you squeeze uh, uh, the, the, the bellow, uh, then that is what Hajj and Umrah does to our sins. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And uh, uh, the hadith goes on to teach us وَلَيْسَ لِلْحَجَّةِ الْمَبْرُورَةِ ثَوَابٌ دُونَ الْجَنَّةِ And there is no reward for an accepted hajj besides Jannah. There is no reward for an accepted hajj besides Jannah. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said in a hadith narrated by Abu Hurairah radiallahu and this hadith is in Sahih al-Bukhari and in Sahih al-Muslim. Uh, Sahih Muslim, he says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Al-Umratu ila al-Umrah, kaffaratun lima baynahuma, wal-hajju al-mabrur, laysa lahu jazaun illa al-Jannah. That between the two Umrahs, is a means of expiation for our sins. So the sins between one Umrah and the next becomes expiated because of the Umrahs that we do. And uh, he goes on to say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that there's no reward for an accepted Hajj, a Hajj which is Mabrur, except uh, Jannah. Now, just as a footnote, brothers and sisters, Whenever we uh, come across uh, narrations of the Prophet ﷺ which say, whoever does this, then their sins will be forgiven. Whoever fasts the day of Arafah, then two years of sins will be forgiven. Whoever fasts Ashura, then one year, uh, one year's sins will be forgiven. Uh, and who, and, and who, you know, whoever follows up with Umrahs, then the sins between the Umrahs will be forgiven. And so on and so forth. Our scholars, Rahmatullahi Alayhim, teach us that when we come across these ahadith, then the general rule of thumb is that these ahadith refer to the minor sins being forgiven. The minor sins being forgiven. Not the major sins unless specified. Why? Because for the major sins to be forgiven, we have to engage in a practice known as a tawbah. We have to engage in a practice known as a tawbah. Tawbah and seeking repentance. Tawbah and seeking repentance is uh, the means of uh, you know, attaining expiation for the major sins. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the major sins and the minor sins. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all our sins. Ameen. So this is a general rule of thumb. But the point to note is that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose Makkah and made Makkah a means of a person's sins becoming expiated if they intend Makkah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And brothers and sisters, despite all the lands, despite all the wonderful places on earth, despite all the countries, despite all the places and the beauties uh, you know, that we witness uh, around us, the, the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by Mecca. And Allah says, وَهَذَا الْبَلَدْ الْأَمِينَ As we see in Surah Tutin, ayah number 3, 
This is Allah taking an oath by Al-Balad, Al-Amin, meaning Mecca. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in Surah Al-Balad, in the first ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لا أقسم بهذا البلد. Allah takes a qasam by Mecca. Allahu Akbar. Right? So despite all the beautiful creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we witness all over the world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes a qasam by Mecca. Indeed, Allah chooses... And indeed Allah creates. And indeed Allah chooses the rank that He will give to parts of His creation. And nobody has a say in the matter.